Hello, everyone. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Dorney's Vinyl. Here we are, episode three. Um, if you guys are new to this podcast, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I would go back. Uh, I explained it probably in most detail in my uh, season trailers of how this podcast works. However, uh, you can go back to episode one, which was Led Zeppelin's Led Zeppelin 2. Uh, in the beginning of that podcast, I kind of explained how this podcast works. I will go through it um, just briefly here. So it's a weekly podcast. Um, every odd podcast, odd numbered podcast, is an album review of an album that was released in the 60s, 70s, 80s, early 90s. And then every even podcast is what I call an EP, an extra podcast. Um, some of the, half of those EPs are games. So the last week's podcast was a game of Synonymous Albums 2. Uh, or, no, A Game of Synonymous Albums, the second time that I did that, guest starring my wife. And the other half of those are, are little tidbits of information I do. So next week's podcast is going to be talking about the 2022 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. But today's podcast is the album podcast. And how I do my album podcast is uh, I just do a little bit about the artist, a little bit about the album, the personnel in the album, and then a track listing. After I complete the track listing, I then take a short little break come back and do my song rankings and my album score um, and, my, and, and my opinions of the songs. So we'll get into it. Today's uh, podcast, as you can see from the title, is Leonard Skinner's uh, album, pronounced Leonard Skinner. So, Leonard Skinner, the band, they formed in 1964 in Jacksonville, Florida, and they originally called themselves My Backyard. They were active from 1964 to 1977, and then in 1979, and then from 1987 to today. The founding members of the band are Ronnie Van Zant, Gary Rossington, Alan Collins, Larry Johnstrom, and Bob Burns. The band has sold over 28 million records in the U.S. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2006, and they ranked number 95 on Rolling Stones magazine's 100 Greatest Artists of All Time. They have released 14 studio albums and 30 singles. Of their albums, in the U.S., they had 8 top 40s and 2 top 10s. In the U.K. albums chart, they had 2 top 40s. And in their singles, in the U.S. Hot 100, they had 5 top 40s and 1 top 10. And then in the U.K., 2 top 40s. So now, getting into a little bit about the album. So the album pronounced Leonard Skinner. It was the band's debut album. So from 1964 to 1969, the band played numerous live gigs and went through numerous name changes from My Backyard to The Noble Five to The One Percent. In 1969, Van Zant decided to rename the band again and settled, settled on Leonard Skinner. So the name was inspired by the character Leonard Skinner in Alan Sherman's novelty song, as well as it was a tribute to their high school gym teacher of the same name. By 1970, the band became one of the best and most popular in Jacksonville, and they also started to have some lineup changes around this time. In 1972, the band was discovered by Al Cooper of Blood, Sweat, and Tears at one of the concerts that they were uh, playing in Atlanta. He signed them immediately to his record label, and the band began recording. The band rehearsed for the album in a rural space in Florida so that when they entered the studio, Cooper was impressed by how precise they were. 
album would be released on August 13, 1973, and it peaked at number 27 in the U.S. Reviews of the album were very positive. Robert Criscow graded it an A. Ooh, Robert Criscow is, if you are not familiar, arguably the most famous record reviewer from the time. He put in, and he graded it an A, writing, quote, But in this staunchly untranscendent band, lack of virtuosos is a virtue, because it inspires good songs, songs that often debunk good old boy shibboleths, end quote. And then in a retrospective review for All Music, Stephen Thomas Erlewine wrote, quote, There are few records that sound this raw and uncompromising, especially records by debut bands. Then again, few bands sound this confident and fully formed with their first record, end quote. The album would certify two times platinum in the U.S., selling two million certified copies, and in 2020, Rolling Stone ranked the album number 381 on their list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Now, the personnel on the album. So the band Leonard Skinner consists of Ronnie Van Zant on lead vocals, Gary Rossington on lead guitar on tracks 2, 5, 2 3, 4, 5, and 7, rhythm guitar on tracks 1, 6, and 8, and slide guitar on track 8, Alan Collins on lead guitar on tracks 1, 4, and 8, rhythm guitar on tracks 2, 3, 5, 6, and 7, and acoustic guitar on track 8. Ed King does bass on all tracks except 2 and 6, with guitar fills on track 2 and lead guitar on track 6. Billy Powell on keyboards, and Bob Burns on drums on all tracks except for track 2. And then the additional personnel for the album has Al Cooper doing bass on tracks 2 and 6, Backing vocals on track 2, mandolin and bass drum on track 6, organ on tracks 4, 7, and 8, and mellotron on tracks 2 and 8. Robert Nix does drums on track 2. Bobby or Bob I. Hall does percussion on tracks 3 and 5. And Steve Katz does harmonica on track 6. And the album was produced by Al Cooper. So now we get into the track listing. So track 1 is I Ain't the One which was written by Gary Rossington and Ronnie Van Zant. Track two is Tuesday's Gone, which was written by Alan Collins and Van Zant. The song has been covered by numerous artists, including Metallica, Hank Williams Jr., and Fish. Track three is Gimme Three Steps. It was written by Collins and Van Zant. It was released as the first single off the album, but it did not chart. And the song was written about a real experience that Van Zant had at a bar in Jacksonville, in which someone pulled a gun on him for dancing with his woman, and the title of the chorus of the song is The Man Asking for a Head Start to Get Away. About the live version of the song that was released in 1977, Cashbox Magazine called it, quote, a traditional rock and roller featuring some tight harmony vocals and the obligatory high distortion guitar solo, end quote. Track four is Simple Man, which was written by Rossington and Van Zant. The song is about a mother talking to her child about life, which was inspired by the death of Van Zant's grandmother. As the band brought the song up in rehearsals, producer Al Cooper felt that the song was weak and should not be included on the album. Bass player Ed King recalls, quote, So Ronnie took, took Cooper out to the parking lot opened up the door to Cooper's Bentley and said, get in. Cooper's sitting there behind the wheel, and Ronnie shut the door and said, 
When we're done cutting it, we'll call you. We cut the whole tune without him. When a band knows what it wants to do, it has to go with its heart and not listen to people on the outside, end quote. It's a good thing that they did that because that's one of the, probably their most popular songs. Track five is Things Going On. It was written by Rossington and Van Zant, and lyrics of the song express some concerns about social and environmental issues with criticism of politicians' roles on the issues. Track six is Mississippi Kid, which was written by Al Cooper, Van Zant, and Bob Burns. Track seven is Poison Whiskey, which was written by Ed King and Van Zant. And track eight, the concluding track, Freebird, was written by Collins and Van Zant. It was released as the second single off the album, peaking at number 19 in the U.S. and number 21 in the U.K. Initially, the chords of the song were written by Collins, but Van Zant said that there were too many for him to be able to create a melody. Two years later, Collins played them at rehearsal, and Van Zant was able to put together lyrics and a melody in a few minutes. Rossington said that the rest of the song came about because, quote, it was a slow song and it ended too early. We were doing four sets a night, and Ronnie said we needed to make the song longer because we didn't have enough material and were trying not to do any covers. Each night the song got a little longer, but Ronnie always said to make it longer. Finally, it was ten minutes long, end quote. And then in an interview with Van Zant about what the song is about, he replied, quote, what it means to be free, and that a bird can fly wherever he wants to go, end quote. The track has had numerous, numerous notable accomplishments. Uh, it ranked number 407 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. It was included in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 Songs That Shaped Rock and Roll. It achieved number 8 on Guitar World's 100 Greatest Guitar Solos of All Time. And then the last accomplishment, which doesn't really mean much, but uh, our local radio station every year does the 500 greatest classic rock songs of all time. And this one this year for 2022 was voted number one. Um, so that concludes this little, uh, or, sorry, not little, this half of the podcast, the informational half, I always call it. Uh, I will take a short little intermission here. When I come back, I will give you guys my song rankings, my song opinions, and my album score. So stay tuned for that coming up. Alrighty, I am back after that short little break here, and I'm ready to give you guys my song rankings and my album score. So, just a little, I always give this, I always give this, uh, this little heads up before I get into this. I am not, I, I have no training in any music whatsoever. I don't know how to read music. I don't know what half of the words in music means. I just like listening to music. So my opinions are not the most detailed and the best, and they're very simple. But I enjoy music, and this is just how I feel about it. I, the thing that I always say makes my podcast unique, I guess, is that uh, most of these albums were... Well, this one, I think, is, what, 1972, I think I said? Um, and, and so this is released over 20 years before I was even born, and I like it. So that's, that's I guess, uh, what I bring to the table. Not much. But here we go. I'll just get into it. So my number eight song I have is Mississippi Kid. So... This one had like a plucky acoustic guitar sound to it, but my assumption then was that the instrument I was actually talking about was the mandolin. Uh, so far, so this is this was track six. So far, no two songs on this album have sounded the same. Like they do not go th do a copy and paste. 
And most bands don't do copy and paste, but they're like, a lot of times you can be like, this song sounds like this song, or this song sounds like this song. None, none of their songs sound the same. And now, like, to, to add on top of it, like, this song throws in, like, a harmonical solo. Like, they just pull out everything, every instrument. Uh, this one had very, very simple lyrics, I felt like. Uh, but with my favorite lyrics on the uh, on the song being, When the kid hits Alabama people, don't you try and dog him round. Because if you people cause me trouble, then I've got to put you in the ground. At number seven, I have I Ain't the One, the intro song. Um, I like that percussion introduction to this song. The percussion really fills in well in this album. Uh, and then, of course, we have like the dueling electric guitars, which is just incredible. Like This is, in my opinion, the stereotypical southern rock vocal or voice. Uh, I, I really like the inter the vocal introductions to the songs um, in between the verses. And then you have like a mix of rhythm riff and wow factor riff. Um, rhythm riff in terms of like, so I always, or, or wow factor is like the explosion, like, you know, the, the Van Halens are like the wow factor riffs. Rhythm riffs are like, if you've ever seen Eddie and the Cruisers 2, there's a line where Eddie Wilson says, it's the music that counts, not the hype. That's what I think of when I when I hear rhythm riff. Um, I really can't think of another band that mixes them this well together. My only complaint to this song is that it's not like a typical beginning song, although uh, I, I very much like the finale-like ending at, at, at the conclusion of this song. And my favorite lyrics for this one were, Now you're talking jive, woman, when you say to me that your daddy's going to take us in, baby, take care of me. At number six, I have Poison Whiskey. So this song, like, I don't, I didn't have any word, other word to describe it other than it's a rocker. The only thing, really, that sounds somewhat similar from song to song is the lyrics. However, every song is about something different, so what I kind of just said made no sense. Um, this might be the only song that I can think of that has a two-thirds guitar riff, but they expand on it so greatly with the piano solo as well. My favorite lyrics for this one are, Take a tip from me, people. Brothers, can't you see? Ain't no future in old poison whiskey. At number five, I have things going on. I think, and this is track five, I think this is the first song on the album that I could really pick out the bass guitar. I like bass guitars, uh, but it really doesn't need to be featured with how good their just rhythm and um, lead guitars are. This one had another... Another fun piano solar, solo, and like the tone that I gave it was like the Western fight scenes where, you know, like it, I, I can't explain it other than like sometimes you see it in cartoons. This is kind of like I feel like this band is what GTR was trying to go for, which GTR, if you don't know GTR, I did a podcast on them. I think it was my fourth podcast ever in season one. I like GTR, but I feel like this is what they were going for in a way with like the dueling guitars. I really like the repetition of the first verse at the end of the song. And my favorite lyrics are, If you don't know what I mean, won't you stand up and scream? Because there's things going on that you don't know. At number four, I have Gimme Three Steps. So every guitar has sounded different. Um, I love the compliments of the lead and the rhythm guitars on this song. 
I really like the rhyming scheme that this one has. It makes it like a very fun song. Like you can tell, like because it was a true story and it's written off a true story, you can tell that they have a bit of humor about it. Um, they really know what riffs to put in their songs. Like they know when to put a wow factor riff in there. They know when to put the rhythm riff in there. I really didn't notice like the percussion sound until verse three. I know it wasn't Congo's, but they had like almost a hollow sound to it. Um, my favorite lyrics for this one were, well, he turned and screamed at Linda Lou, and that's the break I was looking for, and you could hear me screaming a mile away as I was headed out towards the door. At number three, I have Simple Man. This is just, like, another absolutely great guitar intro. It's it's very plucky in terms of, like, the way, I feel like the way that it's be, it was played, um... This is another song, and I think I go into it more on uh, my number two song, my next song. It has it has simply profound lyrics, and I know that's an oxymoron, but like they're so simple, but they're so precise that it makes them profound. The guitars, I like how the guitars rev up a bit after the first verse, and then we get like the organ thrown in there as well. This one has an absolutely incredible wow factor guitar riff. Like this is the perfect use of a wow factor guitar riff, in my opinion. It's at the two-third part, but it's unique. My favorite lyrics for this one were, Mama told me when I was young, come sit beside me, my only son, and listen closely to what I say, and if you do this, it'll help you some sunny day. At number two, we have, or I have, Tuesday's Gone. Um, I, I love and I really like how different this song sounds at the beginning from the first song. Uh, and, and, and quite frankly, it's every song sounds different. It's incredible. I really, really love how their guitar riffs sound. Like, they are, they first off, the rhythm and the lead guitars complement each other so well. And then they're complemented by great a great percussionist. And then they're complemented by, by vocals that just match their tone. This one was the one that I said their lyrics are simple yet they are so profound. Like, the story of this song is great. I, I, I said it a second time. I thoroughly enjoy these guitars and how they sound. There's a great piano solo in there. Uh, it's, it, it's just absolutely incredible. And the Mellotron is great, too. There are very, very few artists and bands, in my opinion, that can pull off lengthy songs like this one. Obviously, Meatloaf is one of them. Um, but other than that, you know, Led Zeppelin's got some lengthy songs. There's not a lot of, of artists or bands I feel like that can pull them off. The Wow Factor riff you got at the end of this song is, is great. And then my favorite lyrics, And I don't know where I'm going, I just want to be left alone. Well, when this train ends, I'll try again, but I'm leaving my woman at home. And then last, I think this one's pretty obvious to where, where I'm going, Freebird. Uh, this is, I, I think, a lot of people's favorite Leonard Skinner song absolutely like iconic song introduction like it's it's one of those ones where you hear the first note you know what song you're getting now like and and, and you know this is another thing i am very very picky about my closing songs on albums this is a closing song like this is what i want to hear closing out an album the drums for this one sound so pure like the, oh, the drums sound so pure on all of them like you can't tell it's recorded in a studio it sounds like it's just there in the room with you such powerful lyrics given like the eventual circumstance of the band if you don't know the story i would look it up i don't know the full story 
All I know is that the band released an album, I believe, in three days later. I think their their plane crashed, um, and I think most of them died in, in the plane crash, um, which is why they stopped performing in 1977. But that that is like, I, I, I don't know. I think that's why this song is, is as popular as it is, is because of the circumstances. Uh, and, and there's really, in this song, there's so many sounds going on at once like there's and then there's an incredible build-up to the explosion like i'm pretty sure two-thirds of the song at least or not maybe not at least at least half maybe two-thirds of the song is just the instrumental at the end and and so so speaking of this instrumental you have the, the beginning riff is fantastic with the drums that you get in the background then there's like a second riff almost that steps it up a notch then you have one where you has it has like the drum pauses in it which is absolutely insane. And then it keeps going. It's like, we're going to throw in some rapid-fire percussion with the riff. And then we got another riff at the end of the song, just for good measure. Like, it, it, this this song is just absolutely incredible. My favorite lyrics here were, If I leave here tomorrow, would you still remember me? For I must be traveling on now, because there's too many places I've got to see. So that's my number one song. So now we'll get into my album score, and I'll explain how we do my album score. So the first part of it is I give it a score out of 10, on my opinion, for lyrics, vocals, and instrumentals. So lyrically, I give it an 8. Um, the songs that I pointed to lyrically were Simple Man, Tuesday's Gone, and I Ain't the One. And then vocally, I gave it an 8 with Freebird, Gimme Three Steps, and Poison Whiskey, the ones that I pointed to. And then instrumentalies, I gave this one a 9.5. Obviously, I got to point to Freebird, Tuesday's Gone, and Mississippi Kid. So those three scores get multiplied by two to be my Dorney score. So I think you add those up, it's 25 and a half. Multiply it by two, it's 51. So it gets 51 points. The next ones are all out of 10. You have a U.S. chart score, a U.K. chart score, a single score, and a cover score. So the U.S. chart and the U.K. chart is where it peaked on those charts. It was number 27 in the U.S., so that falls under the four-point range. In UK, it didn't chart, so it was zero points. Singles, I take the singles on the album, and each single has its own points. Uh, so it only had a number 19 single, so that's two points. And then cover rating, because I, obviously, I wasn't around in this time period, but I figured albums sold based off of how intriguing the cover looked, so I gave this one an eight. So the total score uh, for Leonard Skinner's, uh, pronounced Leonard Skinner is a 65 out of 100, which is low. However, the Dorney score is high, so um, it brought it up. The charting positions, unfortunately, brought it down. I want to thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Um, if you're not already, subscribe to me on however you're listening to it. Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, however else. Um, you guys can send me emails. Uh, my email address is dorneysvinyl at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Dorney's Vinyl. And the perks for following me on Instagram is that in between uh, or, or over time, if you guys are interested in records or collecting records, I have some records that I am, am selling. So um, I'm first posting them on Instagram. And then if they don't sell on Instagram after a period of time, I'm then posting them on eBay, which is my also Dorney's Vinyl. So if you don't feel comfortable buying it off of Instagram, you can buy it off of eBay. Um, but Instagram gets first dibs. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in. 
Like I said in the beginning, next week's episode is going to be an EP about the 2022 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. So stay tuned for that coming up next week.